Hey there, everyone. It's your old pal, Josh. And for this week's SYSK Selects, I chose how the Black Death worked. It's a look at a fascinating few years when a mystery disease, we still don't know what it was, swept across Europe and Asia and killed a significant portion of the world. So check it out and enjoy. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and that makes this Stuff You Should Know. The podcast, the audio podcast. Nothing more. Got it? Not a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> than uh, comparably sized podcasts. No, no. This is chock full of good stuff. This one's going to be, man. You think so? Oh, yeah. I liked it. You like this one? Yeah, I like some of the historical stuff we do. Man, I love it. You know, I was a history major at one point. Yeah, man. Love history. Me too. Yeah. Chuck. Yes. So uh, we're talking about the Black Death. Yeah. Right? Not Black Sabbath. Black Death. Oh. Well, I'm going to need some more time then. Okay. <laughs> so we'll wait. Hold on. Okay. All right. I'm back. Black okay. Death. Yes. Okay. You, you understand now what we're talking about? Uh-huh. Great, Chuck. Um, I was researching this to find out, like, okay, what's newsy about the Black Death? Like, how am I going to find an yeah. intro? I actually found one. Really? Yeah. It's it's from 2006, February 2006. Oh, Sorry. That's not very newsy. <laughs> but uh, there was a study that came out of Utrecht University. Have you ever heard of the Little Ice Age? Uh, no. There was a period in um, world history, global history, I think it may have been kind of localized to Europe. So let's say European history. Okay. In about the 1500s where there was this uh, inexplicable period of cold. Interesting. Right? It's called the Little Ice Age. Harmful cold? It got cold. It, okay. Like our, our conception of like why, you know, Vikings wear pelts and everything. They're always walking around. It's very cold. Yeah. Not just because they live in Scandinavia, but because it was cold then. Okay? Yeah. So this Little Ice Age, like I said, inexplicable. No one had any idea why it happened. And these Utrecht researchers uh, got the, got a hold of some tree samples, some leaf samples mm-hmm. from eras before the Little Ice Age and after. And they started counting stomas. These are the pores on the leaves. And okay. The more stomas you have, the more carbon dioxide there is in the air. Leaves develop these stomas so they can absorb more CO2, right? All right. So, ipso facto, the more stomas you have, the more CO2 in the atmosphere. Sure. And what they found by counting these stomas was that there was a lot of CO2 prior to the 1340s in Europe. Okay. That means that there was not that much CO2, or no, that there was a lot of CO2 in the air, in the atmosphere. Okay. One reason there's a lot of CO2 is because there's not a lot of trees to soak that CO2 up. Okay. One reason there's not a lot of trees is because humans are cutting down the trees to farm land, right? Or to stay warm. Did that have any sure. ice age? There's, okay. l- there's fewer trees, deforestation brought on by human activity. Okay. Okay? So w- what they find then is that after 1350, mm-hmm. roughly, there's suddenly fewer stomas, which means that there's less CO2 in the air, which means that there's more trees. Do you know why there are more trees? <laughs> yeah. Do you? I have a pretty good guess. It's because in between that time, the 1340s and the 1350s, 
the Black Death happened, and so many people died that it had a measurable effect on the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere because of not that many trees and then suddenly lots of trees because there was no one to tend the farmland. Isn't that interesting? You know what else? This was a tidbit from the end, but we might as well say it here. They think that there is a lack of genetic diversity in the U.K. today Mm -hmm. because of the Black Death. Mm -hmm. They were much more genetically diverse than the 11th century. Right. It represented uh, what's called a population bottleneck. Yeah. 25 million people died, about a third of the population of Europe, which is mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah, it is. All right. Let's do it. Well, I was reading this one historian. His name is Skip Knox, and I don't know where he is now, but when he wrote that, it was at the university – no, Boise State – and he said, um, "Go Broncos." He goes, "It's uh, it's worth saying. This has never happened before or since. Like but what the Black Death? It was yeah, an event like this yeah. where within about two three years, twenty five million people died. That's mm-hmm. never happened before. Yeah, I mean, no war can account for that. Yeah, no other pandemic. Yeah, it's this. This was it. This was as bad as it gets, and it was bad, Chuck. The big day, it was bad, and it was bad not just because of the ultimate devastation, but it was bad because of how gnarly the Black Death is. Yeah, why don't you why don't you talk about some symptoms? All right, if you had the Black Death, this is what you had to look forward to. <laughs> First of all, you had no idea what was happening to you. Mm-hmm. Neither did your doctor. Neither did your um, local cardinal or bishop. And, you know, they didn't know a lot back then, but they had their, like, cockeyed theories at least. They didn't even have cockeyed theories on this. They had a cockeyed theory that everybody went along with. They developed some. But initially they were like, I don't know what this is. Right. But you have uh, these big tumor lumps. You've got them on your body. you got black spots. Well, tell them about the tumor. Some were small, but they could get pretty big. Yeah, some as big as an apple, and uh, they said in the article here that if you had one on your neck, it could permanently, like, cock your head to one side. Permanently meaning, like, the five days you <laughs> had you left lived. to live. I know. Uh, I hope it's okay to laugh a little bit this now. I mean, surely no ah, one from the 1300s. Ago. Um, you had uh, pus oozing out of sores, open sores. You had uh, a nasty smell because you were rotting from the inside out. Your breath was awful. It was gruesome, purple splotches. Mm-hmm. God's tokens, right? Yeah, they call them God's tokens because once you got these, that means God's going to take you off the earth pretty soon. Right. So that's God's token. Uh, fevers that could fry your brain, send you into delirium. Vomiting, coughing up blood, blood and pus oozing. I've already said oozing I, pus. I think you did, but it's worth saying twice. So um, those are some of the symptoms, and once you start having these symptoms, you are pretty much done for within a matter of days. Right, and so in our modern day, it takes a little while to bury somebody, even yeah. with this machinery, sure. right, that right. we use to, to dig modern graves. Um, but back then, it took even longer to dig a grave, to hold the service, to bury somebody. Mm-hmm. And when people died within days and suddenly there was like a third of the population dying off, there was no time to bury anybody. No space yeah. even. They're literally stacking up. Dogs eating corpses. It Cats. says in here children, uh, hungry ch- babies b- beside their dead mothers. Yeah, Molly Edmonds really went Is that who wrote this? That one. Yeah. Whew. Man. Um, 
Yeah, but pretty, that's the truth. I mean, that pretty was pretty crazy. That was the raw truth. It was an ugly, ugly, ugly scene. And of course, anyone who's seen Monty Python knows that there are people who operated carts that banged on like yeah. pots and said, "Bring out your dead." Yeah. Well, we'll get into the flinging of corpses, too. Well, let's get into the flinging, because that's kind of how it started. Um, and first, I want to point out, the uh, Black Death, you know, gripped Europe. It did not only impact Europe. It's so funny. It's so Eurocentric, yeah. the way we approach the Black Death. It started in the Gobi Desert sometime in the late 1320s. Yeah, in Asia. In China. China lost thir- 35 million people in the 14th century from the Black Death. You but no one ever that mentions that. I know. They always hear about the Europe, the Black Death in Europe. So it was localized, and it was actually in, in Asia, in Central Asia, um, for a decade or two. Um, but they blame it pretty squarely on the Genoese for bringing it to Europe, right? Yes. How'd the Genoese get it? Well, in 1347, uh, in Kaffa, which is modern-day Ukraine, it was a Genoese trading post. Uh, they were attacked by the Tartar army. Uh, Tartars start to die off by the plague and the Genoese are like, sweet, mm-hmm. God is punishing our enemies and they're dying. Heathens. Let's have a big party and celebrate. And then the Tartars are like, well, we're going to start flinging our dead corpses over the wall at you because the smell is so awful. You will die from the smell. They weren't Which too far a, off. It was a stupid idea, but. Stupid idea, but it worked because they actually, what they were doing, what they were doing was germ warfare. Very early germ warfare. Right. They had it wrong, though. They thought it was a smell. Actually, it was this pestilence. And so the Genoese, you know, said, oh, we need to get rid of these nasty bodies, but it was too late. They were infected by that point. Uh, The Genoese fled to Sicily, and then from there it took two pass. One, uh, where was the first one? Well, the first one went up through um, Austria and Germany. Right. And then the second path went through um, Italy to France to the UK. Yes, at a speed which doesn't sound fast, but it really is if you're talking about Black Death, about two and a half miles a day. And not only is it fast, like even by today's standards, this is before, this is when people were riding horses and carts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, two and a half miles a day was That's real, it's yeah. lightning fast. It's bullet train fast for that time. Yeah, yeah. Why is it called the Black Death, actually? Do you know this? I do. So there's a there's a, a mistranslation at some point. What do you mean? Well, uh, back in the day, people called it the big death or the great mortality. The big death, that's bad. That's what they called it as it, as it was happening. Right. Okay. And then um later on it came to be known as the um atra mors, which is Latin for terrible death or black death. Ah. At some point in time somebody decided that they liked the black death better. Okay. Uh, and sometime in the 18th century when they were using it to differentiate the um, plague of London in 1665. Uh. But they, they mistranslated it. It wasn't originally called the Black Death or the um, Terrible Death. It was called the Big Death. Gotcha. And then it just kind of went from there. All right. Well, at the time, uh, King Philip VI of France turned it over to the Paris College of Physicians who were, they were like, the Mayo Clinic of the time. 
And they said, here, we need to figure out what this is. What is it, smartest doctors in the world? <laughs> and they says, well, you know, we figured it out. It's all here in the report. This, is, uh, this happened when Saturn and Jupiter and Mars uh, lined up in Aquarius. And uh, Jupiter's real wet and hot, and it soaked up the evil vapors from the Earth, and Mars is dry. So it exploded those vapors, and now it is a uh, fog of death. And they, they very smugly pinpointed the time that it happened, 1 p.m. on March 20th, 1345. <laughs> no. And they just shook their head like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they did say it was a fog of death. My guess is that it was probably pretty foggy for some reason. Some weather system happened. Or they were on to something like it was being uh, transmitted through the air somehow. Sure. Which, you know, they might have been actually on to something there with an airborne right. pathogen. Right. Possibly. But instead, they went with the fog of death from the planets aligning. And uh, another term for a fog of death is a miasma. It's a corrupted bit of air. And this is what Europe went with, right? Yeah. Like, okay, well, these are the smartest guys as far as medicine goes. They have the longest crow's beak masks Uh of anybody. Yeah. Um, And we're going to go with this fog of death thing. So how do we combat it? And what they figured out was, well, since you're breathing this fog, Mm -hmm. You got to keep the fog at bay, and one good way to do that is to fight fog with fire or yeah, smoke. Sure. So there were fires everywhere. Yeah, they were uh, recommended to burn um, aromatic wood, so people would and people would even carry this stuff around: mm-hmm. rosemary, amber, and musk. Uh, the Pope even stood between two fires when he addressed people. Yeah, they kept them burning on um, street corners. Yeah. Um, and then there were the 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 fact that it was coming from the south. And it was a fog of death. They started putting glass in their southern windows so that the southern wind couldn't penetrate it. See, that kind of smart there. It is. They weren't all hokey. No, some, that seemed kind of smart. What didn't seem very smart was uh, don't bathe. Don't uh, have physical intimacy. Although, it's a good way to spread disease. So maybe they're onto something there. <laughs> um, don't sleep during the daytime. Avoid yeah, sad thoughts. That had nothing to do with spreading it. They're like, just don't be lazy. Yeah, yeah. Avoid sad thoughts about disease. Mm-hmm. There's something to that if you believe in the mind. Uh, if you believe in positive psychology. Exactly. So uh, some of the little hokey, there was a little substance to a bit of it. Um, I have a little cocktail tidbit for you, though. Let's hear it. The I, word, know, I know it is. This is so awesome. I know. Me. The word quarantine actually comes from the Black Death. In uh, Venice, Italy, they were pretty smart, and they said, you know what, we should start isolating some of these ships of people that are coming in, not let them come on land until we know that no one on board is, is sick. Right. So let's do this for like 30 days, and then they went, no, that's not long enough, it's, let's do it for 40 days, mm-hmm. 40 days, or quaranti giorni, <laughs> quarantine, that's where the word came from. Well, it's not as much of a stretch of somebody besides Chuck is pronouncing it. But yes, that is where quarantine came If you look from. at it, it looks like the word quarantine. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty smart, too. There are some smart people. Still, 60% of the population of Venice died within, I think, 18 months. Yeah. So the quarantine, while practical and useful, you know, sure. didn't protect everybody. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know what the doctors were doing that much because all we have here is just recorded documents. Of what was going on. Well, there, there, there wasn't even documentation. It was um, popular writers. Yeah. Church writers. Yeah, it wasn't like science journals. I mean, not a lot of people knew how to read and write during this time. And the ones who did normally were affiliated with the church. So they would have had a very religious um, view of what was going on, right? Yeah. Um, they were probably bloodletting. 
there, yeah, the uh, like the physicians that were working, the crow's mask guys, um, were uh, bloodletting. They were um, opening up these buboes, which is <laughs> it's almost like a textual <laughs> representation of a pussy tumor. Well, yeah, a bubo. They would open these and then drain them because that made sense to get rid of whatever's in there. I guess it, very smart. Yeah, um, we still do that today. Poppin' zits. Yeah, every Tuesday. Uh, religion comes into play pretty heavily there because a lot of people said, you know, let's let's turn to God and uh, pray for help. Well, a lot of people thought that this was punishment from God. Oh, yeah, the flagellants. Yeah, so only he could do anything about it, or she, depending on who you are. Yeah, sure. And um, so, yes, the flagellants, Chuck, take it. The, the flagellants of Germany. Yeah, the Brotherhood of the flag- Flagellants. Had already, flagellants. Flagellants had already been around. Not flatulence, though. No, very... Big difference. Uh, they were already around, but they rose up, like you said, in Germany in the, in the mid-1340s. And they thought it was punishment from God, and they thought, you know what, we're going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So you've heard of self-flagellation. That's where it comes from. They would walk barefoot across Europe, whipping themselves with their little whatever, cat of nine tails. Uh, scourges. Scourges. Like um, sticks what have you. that had like sharp kind of barbed ends. Uh, it didn't work, though. And a lot of people turned against God because of that. They also killed a lot of Jews, the flagellants did, or flagellants. Yeah, they people, were highly period, anti-Semitic. They? Uh, they killed Jews. They would kill clergy that opposed them, except for the Pope. And the Pope was like, uh, you're officially denounced in, I think, 1349. And that was it for the flagellants. Although, they popped up again in later um, plagues and pestilences. Oh, they did? Uh-huh. But they stopped for the Black Death, like... Immediately when the yeah, Pope yeah. denounced them. Well, they killed Jews because there was a, a pretty bad rumor going around that the Jews had uh, were poisoning the water supply. Yeah. And because at the time, Christians and Jews lived separately largely, mm-hmm. a lot of Jewish, uh, Jewish communities were effectively quarantined, so right. they didn't get hit as hard. So all of a sudden, Jews are, I don't know if prospering is the right word, but they're not dying like the Christians are, so... So the Christians started burning them alive. they started burning them alive. Apparently in, in Strasbourg, um, the, the Germany uh, was... The, more Jews died in Germany than anywhere else um, at the hands of Christians who were upset about the plague. Um, and in Strasbourg in, uh, let's see, um, I think 1348, mm-hmm. on one day, 200 Jews were burned alive at the stake. Wow. Just that one city on that one day. And apparently entire communities used to be walled up and set on fire with everybody. Or Jews would convert to Christianity on the spot. Or they would set their own houses on fire. Yeah. Which is kind of sensible. Like, like, oh, look, my house is already on fire. Better, I should probably take off. Right. Keep on walking. See you guys later. Well, a lot of Jews fled to the countryside, didn't they, too? Yes. Because they were able to. Yeah. Good for them is what I said. Well, I don't think it was just Jews. I think anybody who had the means of going to the countryside... Which is crazy because, I mean, like, going to the countryside means, like, stepping out your back door, I thought, in, like, the 14th century. Yeah. But apparently there yeah, were the still... <laughs> the, the wealthy went out to the country once in a while and they would... Um, right. Yeah. So it was uh, needless to say, it was a really uh, rough few years for Europe 
Um, and by 1352, it was largely gone. Yeah, it just took off. But what, I mean, there was, it's not like, all right, Black Death's gone, everything's cool now. There were like huge, huge effects. Apparently the um, self-flagellation worked, right? Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. Well, yeah, you have to imagine if a third, right? So that means that um, between you, me, and Jerry, one of us dies. Well, it'd clearly be me. Uh, it's not necessarily true. I'd set myself on fire. Um, okay, so then t- two of us would have died. Yeah. Right? Um, th- I mean, a third, a third of of this this population. Of the workforce. Within, like, seriously, like two years. Yeah. Is just gone. People are um, being eaten by dogs. Their corpses are being eaten by dogs in the streets. Families are just completely abandoning one another once they get sick. The whole um, social psyche, the collective psyche of Europe just kind of crumbled a little bit. It took a pretty big ding. And one of the uh, places it took that ding was in religion. A lot of heretical societies sprung up because it was like, uh, either this was your work, God, or right. you didn't do anything to help us, so we're not coming to church anymore. Well, yeah, instead of being like really thankful that they survived, people uh, partied like it was 1999, basically. Yeah, big time. Crazy parties. Yeah, a lot of debauchery. Lot, lots of debauchery. Um, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> uh, there was an economic impact, too, a huge one. Well, yeah, uh, if half your, if, I'm sorry, if a third of the workforce is gone, uh, you've got no one working, so labor's going to skyrocket. The price of labor is. Price of labor is. Yeah. Uh, cost of goods, uh, food, you know, the little silver lining there, food was in, in supply because there weren't as many people to eat it. Exactly. Sadly. Isn't that depressing? Uh, the other uh, cool thing, though, is it's potentially we saw the birth of modern science and medicine Yeah. because of the Black Death because the leaders were like, you know, this whole planet's aligning thing was pretty stupid now that we look back at it. So why don't we found some schools and do some real research based on physical science and give that a whirl? Yeah. And that and kind of, it, it started it. It worked, which is um, kind of ironic as well because the uh, population was so decimated that it, even after they had this idea, they had to wait a little while to reopen schools because they couldn't staff them. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, Chuck, there were there was a an almost complete loss of any illusions about death and whether or not it's coming for you. Um, there's a whole uh, allegory in art that um, that sprang up at the time called Dance Macabre, yeah. which was the dance of death, which is basically like, you know, showing living people and skeletons, you know, working side by side or um, hanging out or partying together or right. whatever. And the point of that is that, you know, death can come at any time and it's coming for everybody. So art and poetry and things like that just took a real downer turn there for a while. Yep. Because that was clearly what everyone was thinking about at the time. That's right, Chuck. Uh, what caused it? See, this is where I get a little um, a little confused because there's conflicting information even to this day. Well, I th- it's um, one of those things where we thought we figured it out, but... Uh, Modern techniques and um, modern in- investigation have kind of led us to think. Did you like that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, have have led us to think that maybe that first uh, idea hasn't wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. The first idea came out of the third pandemic, which uh, was uh, in 1894 in Hong Kong and in India, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and two bacteriologists, Alexander Yersin and uh, Shibasaburo Kitasato. 
Nice. Thanks. Um, they worked independently and isolated the cause of that third pandemic, and it is what we know today as bubonic plague. Yeah. It's a bacterium called Yersinia pestis, um, named after Alexander Yersin, right? Yeah, well, of course. Um, and it, it lives in the foregut of fleas, rodent fleas that feast on rats. Yeah, this was interesting, I yeah. thought. Because well, the, the, the flea bites, the uh, regular flea um, bites rat and drinks blood, and it's like, oh, man, that was fantastic. I feel, God, that I feel was terrific. delicious. Uh, if you're infected with the Yersinia, uh, Yersinia pestis mm-hmm. and you're a flea, you bite the, the, the rodent and you eat the blood, but it gets stuck in your foregut, and so mm-hmm. you never feel that quench of that tasty, tasty blood in your stomach right. if you're a flea, so you keep biting more and more rodents. And infecting more and more rodents. Yeah, because you're, like we talked about with the fleas, regurgitating it back onto rodents. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you're killing all these rodents. And then when there are no more rodents, then the fleas will go to people. Right. And so they thought that's how it was spread. Right. Uh, Which makes sense because it's not like um, conditions were really sanitary in the Middle Ages. Sure, there were plenty of rats. Or before the Middle Ages, um, the 14th century, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, there were plenty of rats, plenty of fleas. Um, the problem is, is there's a lot of discrepancies between bubonic plague or Yersinia, Yersinia pestis and whatever the Black Death was, right? So you've got like big discrepancies. You've got um, bubos, right? Yes. With both, but bubos under the bubonic plague um, tend to spring up around the groin area only. Yeah. And descriptions of buboes with the Black Death were that they were all over the place, all over your body. Right. Um, buboes or uh, bubonic plague doesn't cause um, purple splotches. No. It doesn't cause delirium. No, the odors. It doesn't, yeah, or the vomiting, um, blood and, and pus and all that stuff. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of stuff that was documented widely by different sources right. during the Black Death that doesn't have anything in common with bubonic plague. Well, the big one to me was the fact that bubonic plague, even if you don't treat it, has a mortality rate of about 60%. Yeah. And from the sounds of the Black Death, it was, you know... Near 100. Taking down entire villages. Right. So they they did figure out that the third pandemic in 1894 was caused by Yersinia pestis, bubonic plague. But they erroneously possibly attributed it to the Black Death. But uh, for about 100 years, that was the premise that everyone went on was bubonic plague was the Black Death. Right. Until 1984 when some researchers who have been dubbed um, plague deniers. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> have started to come up with competing theories. And there's, there's some interesting ones. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, sociologists uh, Susan Scott and biologist Christopher Duncan think that it is a uh, hemorrhagic fever. Mm-hmm. Like, like Ebola. Right. Makes sense. Sure. Some say anthrax or maybe some just disease that is not around, some extinct disease. Right. Like it went extinct somehow after after the Black Death. The thing, though, is this DNA study in uh, the 1990s, they dug up some corpses from mass graves in France, tested the teeth, because I guess uh, dental pulp is about the only thing you can test at that point. Mm-hmm. And they did find that the Y. pestis in the samples... So they said, oh, yeah, see, it was the plague. But then they apparently looked at other bodies from other grave sites, and the, it wasn't conclusive. So no, They didn't find it. Yeah, they didn't find it at all. Yeah. So what does that mean? I don't know. What do you think? Um, well, Skip Knox, that historian I referred to earlier, his, um, 
his theory is that it was bubonic plague working in concert with a mnemonic plague. Ah. So it was respiratory, which is... Um, Bubo pneumonic? Yeah, which is basically his idea is that there are two plagues working at once, or that's the theory he subscribes gotcha. to, which I don't know. It's It seems likelier to me that there's probably some bacterium that's either extinct or worse than that dormant. Right, right. Let's hope it's ex- extinct. Yeah, dormant's not the word I want to be hearing right no. now. Oh, and there's one other thing that was a problem with the, the fleas. There were two other problems yeah. that we didn't mention. One was that there should have been a die-off of rats because, remember, they jump from rats to humans when there's no more rats. Right. And there's no documented die-off of rats in Europe before the plague. Ever. Um, and then secondly, um, what was the second Win- Winter one? should kill fleas. That's right, Chuck. But it didn't. It, well, or they, they would It does kill fleas, yeah. but it, it didn't have any effect on the spread yeah, yeah, of yeah. the Black Death. Yeah. Well, so, the other problem, though, is it's, like we said, it's all stuff that's written down. So it's not like, you know, you said the, the bubos are near the groin area. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you know, with the sensationalism of, of the day, people, they could have been writing, you know, sores all over their body. And, you know, they could have exaggerated some of the symptoms right. because of fear. Uh, I just don't know how much I trust the records of the 1300s in Europe. Well, plus also there was no standardized medical jargon either for them to use. You yeah, know? Well, that's true too. So, or that that they could use that we would understand. Yeah, so we're cobbling together what we think they meant, what this one person meant. But they think the numbers uh, the, of deaths are pretty accurate. Really? Yeah, which is pretty crazy. One third. Oh, and we were talking about how it's so Eurocentric. Uh, in Cairo, seven thousand deaths a day at its peak. The bubonic plague or Black Death? Sorry, the Black Death. Wow. Yeah. That's it for Black Death. If you want to see some pretty cool pictures um, and read more about it, I strongly recommend this one. Type in Black Death in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And uh, it's time now for Listener Mail. Josh, I'm going to call this our second Mafia Mail. Sometimes we get so much mail from one topic that we feel like we should read more than one email on that topic. Especially when it's accompanied by physical threats. That's right. So this is from uh, Kate the Canuck Stewart, is what she calls herself, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> Hi, uh, Josh and Chuck and Jerry. I'm a huge fan of the podcast, but I've never written in before because I never had much to say besides, oh my gosh, I love you guys. It's a great reason to write in, by the way. Sure. Um, however, after listening to the Mafia cast, I just had to write you an email to have some info from my family's past. My grandmother on my mother's side is a second cousin the infamous Lucky Luciano. Most of the men in her family were made, and although she was largely kept out of the loop when it came to the wheelings and underdealings of her family, uh, like Diane Keaton and The Godfather, uh, there is one event that really brought home the kinds of things her brother and cousins were up to. When my mom was only a baby, my grandfather ran out on my grandma. Uh, when my great uncle heard about this, he and his cousins asked my grandma if she wanted them to take care of him for her. Uh, She really didn't know what that meant, but responded, maybe even jokingly, well, don't kill him or anything. The next day, she got a phone call that her husband had been admitted to a hospital, badly beaten, with both of his legs broken. Wow. Clearly, it wasn't uh, prudent to mess around with members of my family. Uh, There are other rumors swirling around about different ventures that my great uncle and cousins were involved in, but they were notoriously tight-lipped about everything. As far as I know, no one in my family is a part of the mob anymore, 
and no one has the broken legs. Uh, no one has broken the legs of any of my ex-boyfriends. But uh, I wouldn't date you. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be on the safe side, huh? That is Kate the Canuck. Wow. Um, thanks a lot, Kate. Appreciate that. And all you Canucks listening out there, thank you very much. If you want to get in touch with Chuck or me, um, you can get in touch with us via Twitter. That's right. At SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. Send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, go check out our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. We'll be right back.